Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour. This is your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. welcome. Hi, babes. Hi. I want to know what you're drinking because you've already teased this off air. What are you drinking? Well, I'll tell you what I am drinking, Ben. I'm drinking a Spindrift, uh, which is a carbonated soft beverage of the kind of water variety that's very popular in Los Angeles, California. Um, It's a Spindrift and it is a... It's a brewed tea and real lemon flavor. So essentially, it is an it is an Arnold Palmer in a can. Oh, that's, it's delicious. Oh, that does sound good, actually. It's so it's refreshing. A little lemony, a little lemony refresh. Can you explain to our audience what an Arnold Palmer is? Oh, we have discussed an Arnold Palmer. Oh, have we? Multiple times, but we'll do it again. It's half lemonade, half iced tea. <laughs> Done. And people fucking love it here. And why are we having to drink refreshing drinks at the moment, Ben? Because Los Angeles is five billion degrees. Uh, it's also that kind of hot where it's not it's not like bright blue sky, sunny hot. It's just like I look outside my window right now, I'm like, oh that looks yeah, it's just kind of it's vaguely bright but kind of grey. And then you open the door and it's much like our our trips to Vegas where you, you leave the the AC <laughs> and you enter an oven every time you go outside. It is just disgusting. Dead muggy. Dead muggy. It is dead muggy. Oh, we've, we have been avoiding the outside world. Remember when muggy used to mean muggy instead of someone being muggy? What, what about someone getting mugged? <laughs> As in like they're a muggy. You're either the, mu- the mugger or the muggy. Or the muggy. Oh, wow. Oh. Fabio someone, loved I that joke. Someone <laughs> just, you know, would Fabio be the mugger or the muggy? <laughs> I don't know. He's a mug. That's what he is. Uh-oh. Let me just check him. Hang on. I tell you what, uh, studio dog Fabio was being a mug. He was just barking for no reason. I just took him outside and the heat hit me, as as we've discussed. Now, our neighbors have bought a giant, giant camper van. Now, normally I would, you know, be annoyed by that kind of behavior, but we love our neighbors. Um, And their plan is just to, uh, when it comes to the election, before the election, travel south of the border into Mexico, and they might not come back, they've told us. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. It's a, <laughs> I kind of understand where they're coming from, and it's also an incredibly wild reaction, but they're good for them. <laughs> good for <laughs> them. It'll be lovely. Also, just a quick shout out to all our listeners in the UK. When, when we talk to friends and family back in the UK, always appreciate when people ask, oh, how are you? You know, how are things? You know, and caring. But... Just don't don't ask us, how's America? Oh, what's going on over there? We don't want to talk about that. Okay? And that's only going to, my reaction right now is only going to intensify the closer we get to November. So I'm just putting that out there. Love your concern and appreciation, but we will not answer for this country. That's yeah. a disclaimer. And also everyone should know that in our lives we'll worry about politics, but on this podcast, the thing that we're building towards in November is the release of Kylie's new album. Okay. Oh, she's going to take us away to a glittery other world. <laughs> so I think we should, full disclosure, we should mention the fact that not only have you and me kind of recorded our Canada podcast yesterday and spoken for, you know, two hours screaming at each other about Drag Race, we've also spent time together on Friday. So we have spent an awful lot of time together. <laughs> but yeah, do you, I think for that reason, maybe we should move into feedback because we actually have 
quite a fair amount today. Just before we do, shout out to our Canada podcast. If you want to listen, we are recapping every app of Drag Race Canada. You'll find it on all the pod shops, Drag Race Recap. We're doing it every week. But in the meantime, let's do feedback. Okay, we're going to start off with an email um, from Dean Barney. Um, this email is my heart. Email my heart. And he did. He emailed both our hearts. He got in touch about the Charlotte Church and Denny's episode. And he said, oh boy, this was a goodie, dot, dot, dot. Um, so he wants to say that, uh, well, a number of things, but he's been in a Cardiff pub when Charlotte Church was there singing in karaoke. Uh, <gasps> and Charlotte sang a Madonna song, much better than Madonna. Which Madonna song? Don't know. Didn't say, but he did do an emoji with a smiling face and glasses. Imagine if it was L U V Madonna. (laughs) Charlotte just singing that song in a pub. Uh, That would be baffling. He also backs up podcast nemesis Michael by saying that US Charlotte could be Miley Cyrus. He says, especially with the heavy boozing and transition from angelic child to slutty adult, no judgment. I'm hearing a a touch of it, but fine. Yeah. (laughs) So that is Dean Barney. P.S. Great job with Canada Drag Race. Thank you. Oh, that's lovely. Well, oh my God, I sounded like a children's TV presenter then. That's lovely. (laughs) Thanks, Dean. That's lovely. Thanks, Dean. I was being genuine, but it sounded very fake. Uh, I have a little shout out to Hannah Dawson um, on Instagram, who sent a photo of her spoon collection Mm. (laughs) and said, please show Fraser my proud collection. Now, because I'm an old grandma, I think it was like an expiring photo and I didn't save it. So I need Hannah Dawson to resend me that spoon collection because I only managed to perv over it for a little bit before it it kind of completely disappeared. (laughs) You didn't get a chance to like zoom in on every spoon. Exactly. I don't know exactly which which castles she'd been to or which National Trust site she'd been to. (laughs) (laughs) I have another one from Instagram. This is from Alex Sixth. You know, like the car hire company. No. You know, Sixth Car Rental. No. No. S I X T. It's just like another it. thing. It's, uh, they're saying, uh, not that anyone asked for it, but I just listened to the episode about Burns Day, Burns Night, and wanted to let y'all know that the American version of haggis is boudin, B O U D I N, a delicious sausage like dish made from weird animal parts in Cajun country in Louisiana. And then they've said, Cajun. Cajun country is kind of like Scotland of the US, in my opinion. Anyway, love the pod. Haven't fully caught up yet, but I've gotten through the first 20 episodes in the past week. So that should tell you how much I'm enjoying it. So Alex wow. Six is going to be excited when they reach hey, the current episode. Now, Alex, I am, I've just done a Google image search of Budin and he's right. It's like, they basically, there's a picture of like a, a traditional, traditionally shaped sausage, but in a lot of the pictures they've like cut them and it's very oaty and, and meaty and, and millety and yeah. He's right. Wow. Fascinating. Never heard of that. I've got some more feedback. Tom in London got in touch about the LAX episode and he was just very concerned because I apparently once gave him a lift from LAX and he was wondering if five years on from that lift, the whole episode of the podcast was designed just to make <laughs> him feel guilty. <laughs> uh, well, I had very similar feedback from my friend Lydia who said that she was she was just realizing that if she'd managed to actually come to LA like she was meant to before the pandemic that I would have had to pick her up from LAX. So yes, I think everyone's everyone's really feeling that, that <laughs> passive aggressive. <laughs> Speaking of which, I have some feedback from Canon You Believe on Instagram. Um, and he said, FYI, Ari, London Airports. I live near Southend-on-Sea in Essex. And Southend Airport's full title is London Southend. 
How disappointed would you be if you rocked up for a weekend break in London and then had to get on a Great Anglia train for an hour into Liverpool Street Station? Ugh. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, Greater Anglia train. I used to get that train back to Norwich. And then uh, they've actually also gone on to mention something which we uh, could talk about today. Also, if, uh, with regards to it being hot, my favorite thing is the, uh, is the subsection of British people who always say, you're drinking a cold drink? That's the last thing you should do. Have a hot cup of tea, it'll cool you down. <laughs> That's like, that. I feel like that, that tip just burrows into your brain more than anything else. I know it really gets you. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? I do. We'll just shout out to Newton Letting in Glasgow. Shout out to Ricardo and Camille and maybe the rest of the staff there if they're forcing them all to listen to the podcast. Oh, I wish God. Great. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine being in your office. Imagine being at work and there's like you're actually doing proper actual work, an actual job. And there's just us like talking about like sausages and greater Anglia trains. I don't know. Okay. On the discord, we've also had some chat on our discord channel. SDC said that after the the Norwich episode, she ran into a friend who lived in Norwich for seven years. So she asked them a lot of questions about Norwich castle. You're welcome. (laughs) On the subject of airports, producer Brie says that Fresno airport is the the airport for you, the Semite sort of park um, and therefore it's really fun because when you leave there's a giant fake forest in the airport and as I said to her there's nothing like celebrating a national park and forest quite like a fake forest uh America god love them yeah um also we do have a whole cake discussion going on on the discord at the moment a lot of chat about coffee cake hot cross buns Boston buns it's all it's all go I know. I also saw a very intense discussion about council tax on our, um, on our, on our Discord. <laughs> council tax versus like HOA. And I was like, I'm not sure I've, I can tackle any of this. <laughs> I, I, I really weighed into that after a few drinks last night. I was really, really doing a spiel about property tax, which is a whole thing. I was going to weigh in with saying that I once lived in Wandsworth, which had the you know lowest council tax in London. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> that's that's Wandsworth's official official slogan, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> I, so I've actually I've actually got a couple of reviews from iTunes, which is amazing. <gasps> so um, I've got one from someone called Larry Flick, and it's titled "Tissues and Issues" five stars. Discovered you lads via your Canada's Drag Race recaps. Loving this so much. As a New Yorker married to a Welshie. Yikes. <laughs> it feels like fun pop quiz on what I've learned so far. <laughs> Lol. Even God by Charlotte Church was on my equivalent to a poor me playlist. Mine is called Melty. Lol. <laughs> Melty. Melty. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, it makes me so happy to know that someone else has stared out the window of a bus or, you know, look, looked at the rain through a window pane and heard Charlotte Church sing. Even or maybe. God. <laughs> change the past no i like to, i like to think it's on a, a subway in new york you know yeah we've also got another uh, itunes review from l jebson subject is just thank you and five stars and they've said your podcast is a ray of sunshine during these dreary depressing times i've been lucky enough to travel to the uk several times over the years i love learning more about the culture and hearing insight on my own love the canada drag race reviews too and four heart emojis thank you oh thank you and you're welcome <laughs> I've also <laughs> got a few more things just from Instagram, which I will run down very quickly. Some more housekeeping. Ah, some more housekeeping. <laughs> get through it. Housekeeping. Get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll paraphrase this one. This is again my friend Lydia. She confirmed that we that at Norwich Castle we did indeed go down to a dungeon and they turned all the lights off. Uh, she says she had to be carried out by her older sister when after a traumatizing time of being locked down there. She said, "Consider yourself validated." 
Then also Lydia's sister, Chloe, new girl in tune. She has also weighed in and she said, I have to disagree with Ben. Norwich is so remote that I didn't get the chance to drive on a motorway until my late twenties. <laughs> that was when we were having that debate that Norfolk, that Norwich wasn't remote enough to be um, like Nebraska. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. I see. Okay. Fair enough. I didn't know that. Never been, never been. Um, and I probably, I probably haven't been because the transport links are not strong by the sounds of things. Well, it's just one train in and out. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Ludo Alfie commented, just said, I lived in Norwich for a year and it was the best. I'm glad you've honored its strange excellence with this episode. Sadly, never made it to Zach's. Still time, still time to go back. You know, just be, just don't do what my friend Beth did and roll down that hill outside Zach's on Mousehold Heath because you will break your arm like she did. Do you think, think <laughs> Zach's is doing like, um, you know, takeout for COVID? You know what I mean? I don't feel like you could like shove that food into it. I don't think that food would carry well. It wouldn't travel well at all. Also, Shanta, <laughs> I don't, I don't fully know what this is at the moment, but there's a whole thing in the UK where it's like, like spend, spend 10 pounds on a, a takeout dinner thing. Have you seen that? Yeah, like I was speaking whole, like, to, what, how does that work? What is I was it? Talking to CLC about it, and she said that basically restaurants are just doing loads of offers, and the government subsidised the money that they've taken off for the offer. So you oh. get to eat for cheaper, but the, the restaurant still gets the the difference back that they would have got off. That's Something good. like that. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of that wench, CLC, she just. <laughs> She chimed in just to say, I unfortunately didn't work at Delia's restaurant. And then she says, but I did work in the bar at the Norwich City football stand. So I'm pretty sure that's what I was thinking of. I feel like she's splitting hairs just a little bit there, but it's good to know. And she's keeping me honest. So there you go. And one final message just from Billy, our unofficial celebrity uh, booker. He said, no mention of the loft in Norwich. I was there only once and I still remember it. The loft was the only gay club that we used to have in Norwich. And it, I, I, I am a fool for not mentioning it. And I will say the last time I went there a few years ago with my friend Paddy, they have inexplicably like, I think maybe I actually already talked about this when we talked about that Britney Spears thing, but they have like half of an airplane set in this gay bar for no reason at all. So you just go and sit down in like an airplane seat and you look out the window just to like talk to your friend, but in, in like a replica of an airplane, it's really fun. Wow. That's very that- concept. Yeah, let me tell you, the um, the gays of Norwich who go there, you know, every week and are over it, were not enjoying me and Paddy pretending that the plane was crashing, us calling for a, calling us for a flight attendant, you know, getting things out of the overhead bin. We had we did a lot of like fun acting that was not appreciated by anyone. I thought I thought they would have appreciated the fresh meat. I really appreciate all of this feedback, and I'd like it to keep coming. It's great to hear from. Great to hear from our friends who we forced to listen to this podcast, but the truly exciting thing is hearing from strangers that have no idea who we are actually enjoying the crap that we're talking. So thank you very much. Yeah, like real people who knew they'd be interested. And it ha- one thing that is really nice about the podcast and someone brought it up is that right now, it you know, it, it, is, it is connecting us all at a time when we cannot really travel or go back to the UK or do anything. So that does, that does warm my cockles. Oh, warms those cockles, does it? Well, if you're getting too warm, don't you drink that cold drink. Have a nice, have a nice cup of tea. You drink a hot drink to cool you down. Right. Well, I guess we should get on with the the show. (laughs) And we're back. So in every episode, we do a British topic and an American topic, and we work out the British and American equivalent. Ben is up first with the British topic. What do you got for us, babes? I sure am. Now, it's a surprise for you today. I'm going to intro my British topic with a little bit of music. Here we go. (laughs) 
and welcome to Changing Rooms. So, my topic Ooh. today is Changing Rooms. Just real quick, let's talk about that theme tune. So we're thinking that is a Casio keyboard set to saxophone, right? Yes. Now, as a former saxophonist, oh, um, I was listening and I initially thought it's very high for a saxophone. Maybe it's a clarinet, another wood-based instrument. It's also got a reed. I, I used to play the clarinet. I, I oh, was did also, you? Yeah, I was also in the, a reed instrument player. Yeah, I've, I've emptied that spit valve. <laughs> <laughs> so changing oh. rooms. <laughs> After a roaring start. So I do think that was an alto sax, one of like the higher saxophones, but it was okay. very jazzy. So changing rooms. Let's go straight to that Wikipedia. Although to be honest, when it comes to this topic, I've got it. I've <laughs> yeah, got I, it. I, I feel pretty I feel pretty confident about confident about the players and the and the game. Exactly. <laughs> so Changing Rooms was a um, do-it-yourself home improvement show. Uh, it was at the BBC between 1996 and 2004. And every episode, uh, so say, for example, it was Ben and Fraser, and we lived uh, on the same street as each other. We would swap houses, and I would do up your uh, living room, and you'd be, like, doing up my, oh, maybe my attic or something like that. Ooh. And then at the end, we would go back uh, with, with our hands over our faces and then we'd see the the rooms that are all done. So it was like a, a lovely little uh, little do-it-yourself uh, show. It was a fucking huge hit, this show. A phenomenon. <laughs> oh, it really, it was really, it ushered in like a whole new type of TV, that kind of like format, entertainment, factual, DIY, thinking about your home. Like they just had not, it had not been, this just had not existed before had it people fucking people fucking loved it oh i was obsessed with it as a kid this totally sparked like my my kind of huge interest in interior design and just (laughs) (laughs) what are you laughing at just the thought of just it's just very funny it makes me think that if people didn't didn't know you that if they were to look at your house in la it would be all like sponge paint Rag, rag roll to death still <laughs> it's where i got all my interest in interior design <laughs> but i but honestly as a kid this this show just sent me into a crazy fever dream of paint samples and mdf like i went <laughs> absolutely crazy and i started like constantly painting my room and moving furniture around and i thought after watching like three episodes i was an expert so mdf oh, MDF, the true star. I was about to say, when we go through the list of all the, the hosts and designers, I think we should also talk about MDF oh, and, sh- and rag rolling, sponge rag painting. Rolling and maybe like a glue gun and a staple gun. <laughs> the real stars, they're in the IMDB cast list for this. Okay, so talking of the stars, let's just talk through the, the main players. Some of them I didn't remember, so I think it's important just to really highlight the main ones. Hosting the show was Carol Smiley. She oh. was Scottish, much like me. You heard her at the top of the show welcoming us to Changing Rooms. Yeah, she was really, she was a host. She was an interesting one because she was, you know, bright and friendly, but also like, I don't know. Not, not the, not the warmest of souls. Yeah. I would say she's a little stern. Yeah, a little stern. <laughs> but you know what? They were on a budget, and they they had a schedule, and they had to get those rooms done. So you needed is, Carol. Um, is is Smiley her real last name? Oh, let me have a look. Carol Patricia Smiley. <laughs> Don't know why I found Patricia so funny. So she was really fronting the show. 
Then you had a whole host of designers. So, for example, on our imaginary episode with Ben and Fraser, Fraser would get assigned an interior designer to work on my house, and I'd have a different interior designer to work on your house. There were a real cast of characters, and you never quite knew who you were going to get in, in each episode. The main players were Linda Barker, Anna Ryder Richardson, who I'd forgotten oh. about, um, and Lawrence Sewell and Bowen. Like for me, those were the main ones. And then assisting both, you know, very neutral was Handy Andy. Um, he was just like doing the builds. So for example, if like you got Linda and you and you and Linda were working in my house, and Linda was like, I want to do an MDF like oh shelf in the corner. Hand, and Handy Andy would be there like, oh, I don't know how we're going to do that. So he'd be <laughs> assisting both. Who were, your, when, who were your faves? What were you? What were you trying to jump in with? I actually, I used to really like Anna Ryder Richardson. She was my favorite. <laughs> I liked her. She was really posh and she sounded like she'd smoked a hundred cigarettes. And she's always like, I, oh yeah, yeah no, this is fabulous wallpaper. I loved her. So then, because yeah, because Linda was far more, I don't know. She was a little more flighty in her, in her designs, but then it was always a worry, but also great television. If you got Lawrence, because Lawrence, you know, wearing like a giant rough shirt and maybe like a, a hat with a feather sticking out of it. He would just go crazy with the design. How do you how do you describe Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen? He's like a he's like a a, a dandy, like a Lord Byron. <laughs> he is so so British. He's because yeah. he 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 could be from many different centuries. Yeah. He is very dandyish. He's very camp, but he's straight. He's yeah. very unique. I want to talk through some of the kind of looks and things that they did. So I actually found BuzzFeed did an article, which was all, you know, kind of like before and afters of some of the things. So for example, there was an out of this world. In fact, why don't I just, why don't I just text this to you so you can really follow along with some of the, okay. some of the fun. First up was an out of this world sexy room. So they, they kind of redid this bedroom uh, into a real sexy bedroom that had mood lighting, a very low bed with a f- with a kind of very fluffy throw, and it almost looks like the mattress is made out of of MDF with pins on it, like a torture bed. It's very Ooh. interesting. And then there's a a plaster bust of an ass on a long bit of wire in the corner of the room as well. It's all go. A lot of a lot of kind of muslin just hanging. <laughs> mm. They've also got another room they did was like a kind of a black and white room. It's very like a homage to they've got like a Charlie Chaplin print there. And on the wall, there's a fantastic thing that they did, which was a lot of like MDF panels covered in material, but then the material had been attached with like a um a staple gun and then just shoved on the wall. And then also pocket. <laughs> yeah, and, and also the floor in that room, they painted black, and then they just got duct tape and and made like a checkered floor with like duct tape. There's one that's completely stuck in my head from watching it with my mum, because it was mine and my mum's like special, special thing. Oh, okay. They they have got it. Okay, take me to it. Take me to it and talk me through it. So they they call this one the the touch of art bedroom, and it's basically <laughs> they they erected a four poster bed, which I'm guessing this must have been Linda, right? Because she loved a four poster bed, and it's, it was all done in a very kind of <laughs> kind of romantic style. And they basically put two like fake Greek statues as the columns of this four poster bed, mm. and on the floor. It is just a load of candles but they're just on the floor they're not on things <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of church candles and tea lights, tea lights. <laughs> i feel like this i feel like this show really the tea light industry they set it ablaze oh. pun intended the marble statues were made out of mdf 
Oh, 100%. Did, how were you with candles in your room growing up? I, I didn't have candles growing up. Candles has, has been an adult obsession of mine. You see, I loved many tea lights and different tea light holders for like maybe about every birthday and Christmas for about 10 years, I would get some sort of like candle holder. I was also very in at the time, into at the time. Do you remember those jelly candles? Um, I think so. I feel they like were kind they of were- like gooey jelly, jelly instead of wax. It was very exciting. So I would always buy them, but then I loved them so much I didn't want to burn them. But then oh, all the it- dust would just collect. Or is it like a purple? I feel like those candles all came in purple, didn't they? Yeah, they all they definitely came in a very unnatural color. Very into it. This this whole period as well also really sparked off my love of at the time, very, very 90s, just sticks. Do you know what I mean? Like giant bundles of sticks, like shoved yeah. in a corner. Uh, oh wait, what have you texted me back? You've just texted me something. Oh, <laughs> Fraser has texted me an image from Changing Rooms, which is just <laughs> an inflatable chair in a corner also in the picture there's like a real wacky vase with translation vase and and some scattered cushions as well now inflatable furniture oh we i feel we've gone into our obsession with inflatables before because i told you i had an inflatable alarm clock (laughs) (laughs) so practical it looks terrible (laughs) yeah no i had i had full collection i i lost my mind i definitely had inflatable photo frames that was where i really yes <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a yellow inflatable f- uh, photo frame that had like a squiggly edge to it. Like, whoa, whoa. Um, I, had, I had lots of inflatable chairs. I think I had a, a very low inflatable sofa. Yeah, it was all go. And actually what I used to do as well would on a Sunday would be my day to clean. I'd clean my room every week on a Sunday and I would do it listening to the chart and I'd clean every inch of my room. And at the end, I'd light my candles and I'd just sit in my inflatable chair and look at my empire. <laughs> well, listening, to like, listening to the top 10 exactly as i got to that as i got closer to that number one spot at 7 p.m oh i tell you i was like also jelly like that jelly well only save save that jelly candle for a special occasion and i also was very in at the time and my two other big things that i would do in my room were um i'd buy like ready-made muslim curtains and i would just like pin them up into the wall. So I just had like a flowy bit of fabric on the wall, which was a very big deal to me. There was a lava lamp at some point as well, yeah, you know, I at some point. Um, yeah. Scatter cushions. Wind chimes? Um, wind, oh, I had wind chimes. Yeah. Basically <laughs> like anything I could buy. I hated my wind chimes. They were so annoying. <laughs> and they were jangling, they literally were jangling my nerves, but I just had to have them because everyone else did. Oh yeah, I think I think I hung my wind chimes in the back of my door, which is really annoying because every time you open the door, it's like clank, clank, clank. Yeah, you I'm more on this like I had like a half window that you opened on one side of my window thing, and they were hanging off of that. So every time I just wanted a little bit of air, it was jingle jangle. Oh, it was so annoying! <laughs> the most unrelaxing noise ever. I also just want to talk you through my two bedroom concepts as a kid, if that's okay. Um, my wait. first, my first one uh, was my I, my bedroom went from like seven to I don't know. 13 um it was it was fine it was it was whatever but we did i did a lot of painting of the walls um and then i graduated when i moved to like my teenage bedroom um and i went absolutely crazy okay here's what i did the walls were a deep deep blue in fact like the blue of my front door in my house in la of the you're welcome america studio the bottom half of the wall was a deep deep blue then that the 
hang on, let me just remember. It's all flooding back to me. The top half of the wall was a lighter aqua blue. Separating the two colors was a squiggly line that I'd got. I'd managed to find masking tape that you could like do curves with. And that squiggly line was a big, thick squiggly line that I spray painted silver. Oh, wow. And then on the ceiling, I got loads of Christmas lights, white ones, and I pinned them to the ceiling. And then I had like drapey bits of material as well hanging. So it was like, it was a whole thing. Wow. Sounds like, I felt like everyone was trying to go for like a cool, you know, there were lots of TV shows about cool girls that had cool bedrooms in that period of time in the 90s. I felt like everyone was trying to recreate, Clarissa explains it all, bedroom or like, (laughs) The queen's nose. She had like a cool room. Everyone was trying to get that thing going on. Like really, like something colorful and funky. You took the words out of my mouth. It's, your mom, would, <laughs> your mom would say it was dead funky. I, I also had at that time two real funky items in my bedroom. Um, where I had a Coca Cola CD player. Remember the one that looked like a giant Coke can? Yes. <laughs> and I also had a phone in my bedroom, and it was made of foam. A foam phone. A foam phone. Have we we've talked about the the phone in the bedroom situation before, right? I don't know if we have. Did you have one? Well, yes. Here's the thing. I insisted because again, Clarissa explains it all. You know, everyone, every cool girl that I wanted to be on television had a cordless phone and mm-hmm. the ba- in their bedroom, or, or you know, I think Clarissa had like a light up phone, didn't she? Or a hamburger phone. Any of them, I would have taken. So I insisted. I insisted that I got a cordless phone and I got it. I had it in my bedroom so that I could like lay on my bed and talk to all my friends on the landline. But what I didn't think through is that no one ever called for me and everyone called because my mum loved talking on the phone and still does. So all that happened is I'd be laying in bed on like a Saturday morning and the phone would ring next to my, <laughs> next to my bed constantly. So I ended up just unplugging it. <laughs> well, I had, I had the dream because it was at this point, point in the late 90s that cable tell really charged through our neighborhood so we were getting cable tv and we got a separate phone line and i had it in my room oh your dream you had your own you had your own private line own private line back to changing rooms i did want to remember one of my favorite designs and i i really struggled i couldn't find any video of it but then on like the old bbc website from the time of changing rooms it popped up it was the queen anne dining room don't know if you remember this one. Is this Lawrence Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen? Yes. So let me just describe it to you. It was like a checkered floor. Yes, yes, yes. Deep red red walls. And there were (laughs) candelabras everywhere. Now, what's great is that on this website, this old BBC website, it's got like a kind of a little, a key, like a little table. So it's like room, dining room, colors, red, style, period style, budget. Wait, wait, wait for it. Budget low (laughs) period style i think you have to actually assign a period to it and then they've broken it down to the walls paint the walls red mix about five liters of paint and a darker shade of red with four handfuls of artex powder because that would give you like a texture now get excited dab onto a stencil at the top and bottom of the wall join the two stencils with a straight line of artex paint to create the illusion of paneling oh God. Do you want to know more about the mock flagstone effect floor? <laughs> so mark out a diagonal checkerboard pattern on the floor and paint alternate squares black and grey. Complete the look by rubbing in a small amount of a darker grey to create an aged effect. Oh, God. Uh, do you know what? I actually thought you? I thought it was going to be worse than that. I thought it was going to be like, mix sawdust in with your paint to make like a lumpy, you know, flagstone effect <laughs> texture. And, 
love texture, but they also had here a dried flower border. So they had like a like a portrait and around it they put like this sort of like physical border and the way you make it is you cut out some mdf there she is and then you stick dried flowers pine cones and cotton balls around the edge spray with gold and burgundy paint attach the portrait frame and hang on the wall Oof, cotton balls <laughs> now this was this was famously one of the episodes that had one of the worst reactions didn't it that's why yes. i remember it now, what was interesting, I was talking about this earlier with Jesse, and I was trying to find some bad reactions on YouTube, but what's what's so British is that even, well, normally in the show, excuse me, even if they didn't like it, people were so polite and people were like, oh, well, it's, yes, it's interesting, oh, isn't it? Okay. Oh, 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 Sandra. Oh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's definitely fun. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. But this one had a bad reaction. Do you remember it? I do. I distinctly remember a woman, I think maybe she even had red hair (laughs) to match her red room. I just remember her openly saying, I hate this. And it was a real shock because yeah, like you said, everyone had, it was a tradition on that show to cover up the fact that you were fuming. But I remember she just turned to Lawrence Lollenbone and she just said, I hate this. I think this is awful. And and it's going to be changed immediately when you leave. And everyone was like, no. Never, this never happens. Now another another famous thing that did happen, and it's been it's been do, it's been doing the rounds on the internet. I'm just going to play some audio, and it is entitled "Linda Barker's Changing Rooms Teapot Disaster." Let's have a listen. Only seconds after finishing in Linda's room, disaster struck. The added weight of all those books proved too much for the freestanding shelves. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, oh no! That is all our teapots. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know, Andy. I think we just have to put our hands up on this one. So just, just to talk you through that scene, what has happened is that, and, and I will shout out to Lin, Linda's wardrobe. She's very much dressed like a 2001 Britney with some sort of like bootleg jeans and like a, a chunky belt and it's all going on. So in this episode, there was a, an antique teapot collection, again, very British, and they were going to create, well, the, the people were like, oh, I think, I think, say it's me, Ben was like, I think Fraser would like his an- antique teapot collection on like a, a corner unit. And Linda's like, no, no, I'm going to do a hanging, free-floating, freestanding bookshelf for you. So she does it, they put all the teapots on, and they come back the next day and it's collapsed and it's smashed everywhere. I, I mean, just glorious. Glorious. Yeah, one of the greatest moments of television ever. And it goes on for a really long time. Just (laughs) lots of lingering shots of broken teapots and different women going, oh, oh. Oh no. <laughs> and, then, and then Linda being like, I am so sorry I've given you this stress and I'm really sorry about it. And then like also I, I forgot that the two teams like would wear almost like painting smocks. So yes. the two women the two women in the show are wearing like giant oversized purple shirts while they're doing the designing, which is great. So there's a lot of that going on. Uh, I have a, a quiz question for you because I do know the answer to this just off the top of my head and I don't know why. Do you know what MDF stands for? I don't. I know the, f- wait a minute, modified, durable, don't know. It's medium density fiberboard. Why oh. do I know that information? I'm asking you, I don't know. <laughs> because every, because MDF, like no one had heard of MDF really 
the, the, the greater public hadn't heard of it until this show came on. And every episode, because it was also all about like, you know, you can do designing on a budget. So if you want to do that freestanding floating shelf for your antique teapots, just get some MDF, cut it and hang it and you're done. <laughs> Weirdly, at university, I got strangely obsessed with Linda Barker again. Just like at uni, we would talk about her a lot. And this was the period of time where post changing rooms, she had like a real design career. Like you could get Linda Barker paints and fabrics and she did all that DFS sofa adverts. So like she was constantly on TV, like I'm Linda Barker, get my Linda Barker range at DFS. She's got that one of those voices that really like wobbles up and down. You know what I mean? Wavering. So then one of my first jobs in TV was I was working on Come Dine With Me. Ugh. One of my, one of my, one of, one of my unhappiest jobs. I just, I just really didn't like working on that show, I will say. So yeah, so we, were, did, this, we did the celebrity versions of the show. And in one episode, we had, it was, it was Michelle Heaton from Liberty X. It was Linda Barker. It was... Peter Stringfellow, and then I cannot, re- I cannot remember who the fourth person was because we did a few episodes. But anyway, so we went and filmed at Linda's house. And Linda had a gorgeous house in East Dulwich. And on the same street, she owned another house. And she used the other house as like a show home. So if she was like doing ever any filming or like the Linda Barker teapot range was coming out, they would shoot it at the house across the street. And she would also just rent out the house for shoots. It was genius. <laughs> it's so smart. It's really good. So smart. Like she could just hop across the street. Also, like those houses, particularly now, are like three million pound houses and giant houses in this gorgeous street. I can tell you who the other the other guest at the dinner party was because I just looked it up. Oh, who was it? Lee Ryan from Blue. Oh, that's right. Oh God, filming at his house in Essex. Oh, we had a whole thing about like, we were going to have to move a painting because he didn't get clearance. And then he was really pissed off about it. Anyway, I, I really, that was quite a traumatic shoot for me, I will say. Then, so anyway, Linda, when it came to, to shoot at Peter Stringfellow's house, when it was his night for like, for dinner, because the way it worked in that show is, you know, they would all as a group go to each other's houses and have dinner. Linda brought her dog, but Peter Stringfield lived in like this penthouse penthouse apartment on the Thames and the building wouldn't allow animals. So she tried to smuggle in the dog, but they wouldn't let her. And, like, and she was like, oh, no, I've got this dog. Ben, I don't know what to do because I've got this dog. So I had to just like for hours wait outside with her dog. <laughs> just like looking after Linda Barker's dog until like one of her staff came and collected the dog. Anyway, I was doing more like the day early evening shift. That night, what happened was... Um, Peter Stringfellow, who was a total joy to work with and so much fun, he laid on this very lavish and very kind of rich spread. Although at his at his penthouse, the the sink collapsed as well because he'd never really used the kitchen before, and the sink collapsed, and that was a whole thing. Anyway, he served up this whole meal, and anyway, the next day I went into work and I had a voicemail from Linda, and um. Something had happened. Like everyone had fallen out of the meal. I just had this voice and I was like, hi, Ben, it's Linda. Oh, last night was really intense. And you know what? Everyone <laughs> fought. And, and also the food was so rich. I've got a really bad stomach. I don't feel so well. All right. Bye. I just I was like, what am I meant to do with that info? So anyway, that was my, that was my Linda Barker experience. <laughs> Andy, Andy was like a sex symbol, wasn't he? Oh, he was a real thing. Yeah, he was. And, and also remember, he was like, he had a very similar career to Craig, Craig from Big Brother. Eh. 
because remember Craig became like a, a kind of TV handyman as well. 60 minute makeover. Oh, 60 minute. Well, we have to talk about 60 minute makeover real quick when a whole house is redone in 60 minutes. I love that show. Oh, that is here, here's here's my impression of the theme music. <laughs> I was about to call it "Gone in 60 Seconds," which is not what it's called. <laughs> but that show was insane. It's had some real intense British celebrities hosting it over the years. Terry Dwyer, anyone? <laughs> oh, and also like it it was really funny because so like maybe like a team of like thirty five people had an hour to redo this house. It was just like banging and painting, and the host is just like walking through, being like, "Come on, everyone, you've only got sixty minutes." And everyone's like, "We know, right?" So changing rooms. What is the U.S. equivalent now? Famously, there was a U.S. version of the show called Trading Spaces. Yes. Um, the U the U.K. one was the original Trading Spaces. All the changeover, all the changeovers, all the makeovers very true to america like they got much bigger reactions from the people yeah. at the reveals like there's a lot more fighting so anyway that is the technical u.s equivalent but really i think the modern day u.s equivalent of changing rooms is basically just chip and joanna Gaines. right flip off you know what i mean yeah that just show? also just yeah. their whole their whole empire in the same way that like mdf was the thing back in the day in scatter cushions and like staple gunning now it's what's it called like ship ship black you know, like, yeah, shiplap, that whole kind of thing. And like, and sliding barn doors. <laughs> yeah. It's all shiplap and, and, you know, gold frames and what those things that you and me are obsessed with. Those, um, those string, those, <laughs> those like wool string art things. I, we need to find a visual to support this because I can't quite describe it. It's just this yeah. thing that you hang on the wall that has lots of string that hangs down that you and me are obsessed with. Yeah, often often found in like a like a hotter climate, like a Malibu house or like a Palm Springs house, just giant chunks of like wool hanging it's on like a wall. Acrobat wool art, mm, <laughs> almost like a goat. Like a goat has been like shaved and decorated with some beads and stuff, just hung on a wall. <laughs> so, anything uh, else you want to add about changing rooms before we before we move on? I'm so giddy, I can't think of anything else. Okay, so the U.S. equivalent of changing rooms is just Chip and Joanna Gaines. You're welcome. And we are back. Okay, you've heard me just gabbing on about Changing Rooms, our UK topic, but our American topic, Fraser has it for today. Babes, what you got for us? <laughs> so I have decided to talk about something very special to my heart. <laughs> A part of LA is what I'm going to be talking about. So when you first move here from uh, you know, the UK, or when I first moved here from the UK, you know, there was things that really excited me, like the Hollywood sign still to this day, when I see it, I get a little frisson of excitement. And when I see the mountains from kind of East LA, you know, from like, you know, Glendale or from, you know, Los Feliz or whatever, and I see the mountains, I get very excited about that. But one of the things that gets my blood real pumping around LA is wherever you are, you can turn and you can see downtown Los Angeles. So DTLA. Mm. So that is going to be my topic today. So... Downtown LA technically is the business district of LA, um, and it has it's a it has a neighborhood of eighty five thousand people. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Five point eight four square miles space. So downtown LA has kind of a very it's it's somewhere you can because it's all tall buildings basically, like much like a business district in any kind of major city. It's where all the kind of high rise buildings are. So it has a very like a very New York kind of look and feel to it, especially LA as a town 
obviously there's lots of hills because of it being what it is, but it's actually quite, you know, low buildings and all of that stuff. So when you see downtown LA, it's very like exciting to see very shocking totally. it feels it feels like it feels like a completely different city downtown i always liken it to being in like a new york set that's a lot sunnier because it's not that busy compared to new york but you've got tall buildings and then it's really bright because it's you know because you're in la yeah 100 i i imagine i don't i feel like i don't actually know this for certain but i, I have to imagine so many times that they must have used downtown la to be new york for filming that makes Whoa. sense. Well, you know where they actually use to to film New York scenes? Glasgow. What? Yeah. There's a center part of Glasgow that they can dress in a certain way around George Square that they've used countless times to stand in for New York. That's strange. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Including, including on the, the movie World War Z, which I believe is set in New York. World War Z. World War Z. Anyway. <laughs> So just to kind of give a bit of an overview of downtown LA, it has kind of a, as a place, it has kind of a strange and has a very kind of up and down reputation. They have, they call it the golden age in downtown LA. And it's in like the 1920s, like the early part of the um, the 20th mm. century, because all the banking places started building up in downtown it became this kind of of hub where there was all these you know big like hotels and just businesses and it became it was very like central place and it was very like swanky and very fancy which is why even to this day there are some insane amazing beautiful buildings in downtown LA and lots of old hotels which actually these days a lot of them a lot of them have been converted into apartment buildings but you know they have like the Biltmore and just like you can really you can really when you're there and especially in those hotels you can really imagine the kind of 1920s like glamour of like industry and kind of I I just I love that aspect of it well remember we went and visited or walked through the Millennium Biltmore Hotel which is on Pershing Square which is one of the it's kind of like the main square in downtown it's this big grand old hotel and I think it's where the very first Oscars or what or for quite a number of years they would the Oscars would be hosted there and it's got these super grand um ballrooms which are just like mind-blowing it's it's like a very fun hotel that doesn't feel like you're in LA and in fact when I first moved to LA I remember walking through it and they were filming a Christmas movie so the deck it was like blazing hot summer and there were just like Christmas decorations everywhere <laughs> that sounds that sounds about right and then so basically that you know downtown LA was actually yeah a thriving very like very kind of hip and very swanky very rich kind of neighborhood and then basically in the kind of around the 1950s, there was kind of an economic decline. And it kind of, you know, a lot of the a lot of the kind of money left downtown LA, and it kind of went through kind of a rockier, a rockier period um, from kind of the 50s up until kind of the early 2000s. It was um, considered to be like a bit of a dangerous part of LA and lots of crime. You know, even to this day, there is a, you know, the homeless problem in LA is is wild and out of control and you know that it, it, we we've said it before in this podcast that when you move to LA you it's it's shocking when you see how many people are homeless here it's awful and there's you know a big homeless population in downtown LA, LA as well so that's kind of you know part of its reputation i think even still to this day even yeah. though actually Actually, around the kind of 2000s is when a lot of like redevelopment went back into downtown. So apparently it's because they put the Staples Center there. Well, it's it's an interesting one because it feels like downtown 
half of it's been very like revitalized and regenerated. So you'll end up with like, like the Ace Hotel and like a big gorgeous building with a rooftop pool. But then right beside it, there'll be like a parking lot wasteland with like a yeah. derelict building. It's very, very strange. And they've built like a gazillion condos and flats and stuff, which actually they've overbuilt. And now you can actually, they've just built far too many. But still, there are lots of parts of downtown that are really... Uh, decrepit and haven't been regenerated yeah but it feels like now an interesting podcast nemesis michael i always remember him saying that growing up in la you like you just wouldn't go downtown it wasn't a thing whereas now like for us if you basically if there's like a really high-end hip restaurant it's going to be downtown or for us like i like some of the hip gay bars are more downtown or like the kind of cool nights they might be downtown so it's like a whole thing so yeah, there's there's basically a lot of different sections and segments of downtown LA. So there's kind of different districts. Um, I mean, they're all pretty close to each other, and and you know you can actually walk around downtown LA like pretty pretty comfortably. You can walk to like a lot of it, which is really nice, and that's what makes it feel kind of New Yorky. Yeah, you feel like you can actually get around on foot quite easily, which I really like, especially because I don't have a car right now. Anyway, so <laughs> there are quite a few like landmarks and things there and I obviously don't want to go like over all of them but I just wanted to talk about a couple of things hit me have you ever been to Union Station downtown oh my god Union Station is gorgeous the most beautiful places I've ever seen and I did not know it existed and then I went there and I was like it's like Grand Central Station in New York it's like just this beautiful like 20s architecture it's so gorgeous one of my favorite buildings, even though I've never been inside of it, is the Walt Disney uh, Concert Hall. <laughs> so I oh. like that it looks like an alien spaceship that's about to take off. Yes, like it's like it's Frank Geary, I believe. But it's uh, you, but there's no point in going in. The whole point with that building is you just walk around it, and they've got gardens and great views. It's yeah, I love I love that building. I love uh, City Hall is is amazing in downtown. You can see that from really far away, and I mean, you've climbed to the top of it, right? Oh so yeah. Like so City Hall, like it's one of those places, it's really weird. You go and there's like an observ- a free observation deck. So it's really fun. So you end up going like multiple elevators and there's just like city workers getting in and out of elevators and you're just kind of like walking through their office. And then you get to the top and there's like a really great view of LA. It's kind of sad at the moment because the thing I loved about downtown is, yeah, it has really nice like restaurants and like nightlife and stuff. And I just, I'm going to just refer to this one very strange night when I first moved here and I was very confused. This is when I, this is like before I had like everything sorted and I went on a date with this guy and I went to, me and him went to Akbar in Los Feliz and we were just like having a drink, blah, blah. And then he was like, oh, should we go for like, should we go to like downtown and we can just like, you know, we'll have, you know, we'll just go for some more drinks or whatever. But at this point I had drunk quite a lot. So then the whole of this evening exists in like a, you know, when you, I wasn't like so wasted that I can't remember anything, but I, everything feels like it happened to a different person or I'm like seeing it from the outside. It was like a movie. Like we were, we got like the Metro, which is insane from Los Feliz to downtown. So we like came out in like Grand Central Market and we were like skipping through Grand Central Market and like buying drinks. And then we went to like, precinct and sat on that balcony and precinct and then we were like let's skip down this we were just skipping down all these downtown streets and going to these like little bars and it was really fun it was you know the date ended terribly but and i never saw him again but i tell a lie in the denny's episode when i said that i had a one night stand and went to denny's the day after it was after the date with the guy that i went to downtown with ah oh, closing that loop <laughs> We should say recently that with a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests, a lot of it is centered around downtown. A lot of the focus is downtown. And in general, the last few years, like the Women's March is always downtown every year. Like a lot of it is there because it is so 
walkable. Also, it's like, I think they call it like the civic, it's like the civic center of LA. So it's like where all like the municipal like buildings are. So like courthouses and, you know, courthouses, city hall, all of the actual like center of like municipality. Is that a word? Mm. Is is kind of all based based out in downtown LA. So that's why protests and all of those things are focused there as well. And then just to, you know, to move from a really important topic to a very unimportant topic, you and I spent our Friday afternoon in downtown LA, didn't we? Now we did. We were doing our official You're Welcome America offsite. So we booked the day off work. It was like a summer summer work party, wasn't it? Exactly, exactly. It really was. Just, you know, it's good to get outside the office, outside of the podcast studio and just, you know, you know, be cash and just throw some ideas around. So we, and also, as we said, it's been so hot here. So now we did a whole episode on Soho House before. Uh, lowest listened to episodes, by the way, is the one Soho of House our episode. lowest listened to episodes. <laughs> so they're very funny, according to the metrics. But we went to yeah. Soho Warehouse, which is the one that they've got in the Arts District. So the Arts District is this area of just outside of downtown. The buildings are a lot lower, so you can see the, the tall downtown buildings very well. But it's all like warehouses and stuff. And like, in fact, I was there for dinner last night. There's a lot of like restaurants and. It's very like industrial, but a lot of kind of like hip things are happening. But because it's LA, it's so spread out. So you'll have like like a gorgeous cafe on one block and then you'll have to walk like two miles of wasteland and then suddenly you've got like another gorgeous thing. It's very confusing. Anyway, yeah. we went there on Friday and we sat by the pool at Soho Warehouse and just had a lovely offsite together, didn't we? It was it was very romantic. There was, <laughs> I tell you what, you've never felt romances when you've gone somewhere with your friend who you are platonic with and you cheersing some champagne while the sun sets. <laughs> yeah, we really we have been planning that day for quite a while. Yeah. We do not normally just go to places and order champagne. That is not our budget or our story. But on Friday, it was. It was both Very romantic. I I liked it. (laughs) Yeah, it was very fun. I will say one of my favorite views of downtown LA, and I think I've driven there with you before, and I refer to it as the the Purge Bridge. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yes. Yes. Really big big bridge that goes over like is it the la river it goes over yes it does i think it does and it goes into downtown and it's a bridge that they filmed i think it's the purge 2 the cut there's a couple their car breaks down on like a bridge and it, it's that exact one and every time i drive over it i love it because it's got that that downtown is very the purge actually isn't it because it's like totally the rich purge. it's like rich people it's like it's all it's definitely a question of like kind of class and money and like race and it's very bleak but it's also beautiful it, yeah downtown is very the purge 100 percent 100 percent that yeah I, I think that gives you a real good idea of the aesthetic particularly of the arts district on the side yeah. of, of downtown and then i will say just just really quick this is kind of a a side that i want to make so obviously we kind of talked we we did touch upon you know homelessness and there's a big part of um, downtown LA called Skid Row which is where that's kind of a focus of um, where a lot of homeless people live and I felt really kind of gross talking about downtown LA without talking about that and it being something that we need to find a way to change it and address it and I felt really gross even talking you know it's like I was laughing about champagne I, I wanted just to do something to try and offset talking about some of the the fun stuff. So we just decided to donate some money to the Downtown Women's Center, um, which is a great organization. And if anyone wants to donate to them, I had to look up all the stuff they do and it's they do some like amazing work. So I just wanted to put that there. I was trying to think of the UK equivalent of Downtown 
LA. And I kind of was thinking oftentimes we, you know, we try not to make things too London like centric because not mm-hmm. everything, the whole of the UK is not London. However, <laughs> I feel like there's no singular place that is downtown LA. And because downtown is so sprawling and has so many different places, the only thing I can think to do is to, you know, glom on two places next to each other. Okay. So my, in my opinion, downtown LA is Canary Wharf and Shoreditch. Oh, so Canary Wharf, Canary Wharf is, you know, downtown is like the finance district. It's like that kind of stuff. And then Shoreditch is the arts district. And if you literally jammed those, if you jammed the uh, Shoreditch onto the side of Canary Wharf, you would have downtown LA. I'm, I'm a hundred percent into that. By the way, shout out to my deceased Egyptian grandmother. Um, she always insisted that Canary Wharf was called Canary Wharf and she wouldn't be told otherwise. <laughs> And on the back of your deceased uh, Egyptian grandmother's comment, shout out to uh, Lydia's mum, Trish, Trish Dawson, who um, is from Cock Fosters in London and refused to say cock, so we'd call it Co Fosters. <laughs> <laughs> if, she, if ever her, where she's from or her upbringing gets brought up, she refers to it as Co Fosters. No one else calls it that. It's called Cock Fosters. Well, also, Co Fosters isn't a place. So, like, I feel like. People be like, oh, where, where, where are you from? She's co-fosters. And they're like, where? Co-fosters. How'd you spell that? C-O-C-K. Then the, the other person would go, so you mean cock-fosters? They'd be like, no, co-fosters. Cock-fosters. So I feel like without her saying it would mean that more people would have to say it. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> That's Trish. God love Trish. her. Classic Trish. Never met her, but I love a Trish. I guess, yeah, just to, I'm glad you agree. And uh, <laughs> to, to honor, honor your grandmother, the um, <laughs> UK equivalent of downtown LA is Cannery Wharf <laughs> and Shoreditch. You're welcome. And this is Future Fraser. Uh, we did record Welcome Not Welcome topics. However, we talked so long about changing rooms that we just simply ran out of time. So I'm now recording an outro for the show on my phone. So yeah, thanks for listening. Um, as always, please like and subscribe. <laughs> That's YouTube. <laughs> what am I talking about? Please rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts. You know, follow us on Spotify, wherever you can do all that shit. You know, leave us some feedback on Instagram. It's at your welcome America. And I'm also going to add just a link to the place that we donated to um, that I mentioned in the downtown LA section as well. That'll be in the description of the episode. Uh, so just from me and not from Ben this time, I just want to say goodbye and you're welcome. And also we still don't have Samantha Mama booked for the show. Goodbye. You're so far off your mouth. I can just smell your own shit. Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go with your finger. Cooking bacon and stop working with flyer.